Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 475 starts right after a word from our sponsors, TruthDevours.com and LiquidLifeDrops.us. From the Enigma series comes the contemporary romantic trilogy by author Truth Devour. Wanton, the winner of the L.A. Book Festival Romance category, is the first book in the trilogy that will get your heart pumping from the start. This is no ordinary love story. Its depth of range eloquently transitions moods from sexually electrifying to nostalgic to existential. An unforgettable journey which will leave you pleasurably aching for more. If it feels so good loving the wrong person, imagine how wonderful it's going to be when you love the right one. Now is your time. Truth Devour. www.truthdevour.com Congratulations on your decision to achieve a healthier lifestyle and seek optimum health. It's a noble and wise goal that will help you live a longer and healthier life. Liquid Life Drops are made from high quality and completely natural ingredients that work along with your body's natural processes to help you feel better. Our product is non-homeopathic and in liquid form. It contains no hormones and is 100% safe. It has a very pleasant taste and is sweetened with stevia. Liquid Life Drops has a variety of health benefits. Not only do they make you feel great, they also support maintaining weight and weight loss if you need to lose a few pounds. Please contact us at www.liquidlifedrops.us if you have any questions. We are here for you and success. My thanks to TruthDevour.com and LiquidLifeDrops.us. All right, we'll get right to it, 347-202-0215. Now, you ever wondered how your parents made less money than you but still managed to maintain the household? I mean, you know, at one time I did, too. You know, I used to think that my parents made so much more money than I did when I first moved out. But once I got older, I realized that they really didn't. And I finally realized that, they didn't have as many bills as I do. Now, my parents, when I was growing up, didn't have a cable bill. We didn't get cable until I was a senior in high school. So they didn't have a cable bill, cell phone bills, or the Internet. All right, my DirecTV, 100 bucks. My cell phone, 100 bucks. My Internet service, 50 bucks. All right, so that's $250 a month that my parents didn't have to deal with when I was a kid. And if you throw in things like Netflix, Xbox Live, the NFL Sunday ticket, and a lot of my paycheck goes to things that aren't really a necessity. Technology is why a lot of us are broke. We've gotten so addictive to luxuries that we've made them into necessities. So how can we improve our discipline? Um, you know, do we really need to raise minimum wage or just cut certain luxuries out of our life? Joining me to discuss this tonight, I'll travel to the 601 area code. Not very common for him to dial in this early to the bold new city of Jackson and bring on Eminem. Eminem, what's happening? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Not too much. You ain't heard an introduction in a couple of years, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> All right, travel to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, and bring on Buck. Buck, what's going on, man? 
What's up, what up, man? Glad to be back on the show tonight. Had an allergic reaction to Steve Woods off, I think, is what I can trace it to. The only thing I've done differently, but feel good tonight and can breathe tonight, so glad to be on. I hate I missed the show last night. Oh, man, it was a good one last night, but I'm glad to have you on, man. I'm glad you got over that SARS or Ebola or whatever you had. All right. <laughs> Let me go to the 732 area code up in the Garden State of Jersey in Chris Christian land and bring on Ray. Ray, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, Cuba? Huh? What up? All right. Again, 347-202-0215 is the number. Okay, so... Now, let's just start off with a basic question. And Eminem, I'll start with you. Do you consider your cell phone a luxury or a necessity? Um, five years ago, a luxury. Uh, but as of the last three years, a necessity, man. I mean, uh, the, the world has kind of went the direction where they almost – expect you to have one. So whenever that happened then it's no longer I don't I don't consider it a luxury no more. I mean and it's not just the phone now, uh unless you are an elderly person or whatever, you can't even hardly find a base phone. Every phone you get gonna be a smartphone. So that forced you to you know, have an internet but of course I don't have internet, I just use my home Wi Fi but I'm still getting killed because I have to, you know, give all that money to Comcast just to have the the Wi-Fi service. So they, I'm I'm getting guided either way, but it's it's definitely uh, a necessity. Okay, what do you think, Buck? This is a necessity. I mean, right now this is my only source. I don't have a landline phone, even though I probably like to have one just for the fax capability. But you have to have it. I mean. And this is your only source of communication to the outside world, to parents, friends, family. It's a necessity. It's not news. It's not a lot. <laughs> you know, you have to just work uh, and things of that nature. If you got a smartphone, it's great because you can take pictures, you know, your stuff for jobs and stuff like that. So it's a necessity. It's not a luxury. I just wish the bill was a little bit more plausible. Okay. What about you, Ray? Uh, the phone is definitely a necessity, more so than a luxury. I mean, um, I don't plan to never get a house phone ever, landline or whatever you want to call it, ever. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, uh, you know, it, the cell phone just replaced the, uh, the phone altogether. You know, if you want to get me, you call a cell phone, you know, that's, you know, trying to do other means, even if I even if I did have a house phone, you know, it's just uh, mm-hmm. everything goes through the phone basically. Text, you know, emails, phone calls, uh, me keeping up with sports, uh, me keeping up with news. That's how I found out the train derailed in uh, Philadelphia, whatever the story was, or you know. You know, fools killing the cop down there in Hattiesburg. You know, it's, it's just everything is just on the phone. So it's definitely a necessity. Okay. And um, I think that it has become a necessity uh, in, in some ways when it comes to 
jobs. A lot of people have to have their cell phone for jobs to keep up with you because, you know, corporate America kind of kind of follows you home these days. So depending on the type of job you have, people need to be able to reach you. But, I mean, would someone not be able to function in society without a cell phone? Well, in some cases, it could be a problem. Um, if you apply for a job, then you're very limited as far as um, being able to be contacted. If someone had to reach out for you or call you for an interview or something like that, you basically have to check your voicemail at home and things of that nature. And so I think the way that society has advanced, I mean, yes, you can live without a cell phone, but it would be very difficult for certain lifestyle. I think the average person almost has to have it. Because um, uh, and Q, I know you probably got them. I didn't mean to just jump in, but I, I just wanted to throw it up right quick. Uh, how the emergency personnel are are using them? That's why I referenced like five years ago versus now, because um, a lot of this stuff now would have probably saved a lot of more people doing Katrina, man. Because like now, whether it's the Amber Alert or anything like that, your cell phone are used to get some kind of text. Like I got a couple about uh. Missing kids. I got some right. about uh, uh, from the from the uh, weather service when uh, tornadoes was possible and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to throw that in there too. And then well, a lot let of me times, ask you uh, this though. Let me yeah. ask you this. Um, as far as your the average person's use of cell phone, how much of the use of cell phone? What percentage is actually for something that may be considered business? Oh, probably about, well, it depends, because it, it's kind of like in the beginning, 90% of it was just entertainment or your personal use. But now, it's almost intertwined. It's almost like, you know how it used to be uh, considered, you know, inappropriate for business, even if you work for somebody, if they contact you after a certain time or something like that. But because of texting, texting is damn near replaced emailing. So on the job, a lot of times there's something going on, even if it's not work-related too much, or if it's semi-work-related, uh, you know, they try to put you on these news feeds and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's almost, I want to say about 30% now. I think it's it's up that high. You know, of course, it's even higher if somebody's a car salesman or mm-hmm. real estate agent or something like that. But just for the average Joe, um I think it will be as high as thirty percent. Okay, I think for the, um, I think the average person uses their cell phone for pleasure more so than for business. Uh, like you said, a, a real estate agent or someone like that probably definitely has to use it for a majority of business. But I think a majority of us just mess around with our cell phones, man. I, I mean, I'll, I'll use my cell phone like on a regular basis and even though the stuff I a lot of the stuff I do on Facebook is for the show and try to promote and market the show I mean it's still entertainment to me I mean when it's all said and done so if I wasn't doing something for the show I'd be on Facebook anyway and so I I would say like as far as I'm concerned I may use maybe 20% of my phone is business related um and a majority of it's just for my personal pleasure but by the same token I'll turn around and go back home if I forget my cell phone quicker than I will if I forgot my um, my wallet. That's crazy, but I just I gotta have my cell phone. So, but all right, if you if you had to get 
rid of your cell phone, Buck, um, or the Internet, if you had a choice between giving up your cell phone or the Internet, then which one would you get rid of? Which one can you go without? I went without the Internet because I can get the Internet on my phone. So, you know, my thing is I could do it in my, my phone is actually a hotspot. I wanted to use my tablet. I can do that. So um, the only thing I have to be careful of is I want to go 10 gigabyte limit to have my tablet or go over the, you know, how much I can use. But then they'll knock my Internet out on the phone. And I use the Internet on my phone, you know, a lot So because of my job. So it just uh, – I would do it out there. I just move, so I'm having to do it out there because I just move. So once I get, you know, enough money to transfer my internet down here, then I'll do so. The internet would be the answer to that question. Okay. And Ray, what about you, man? Internet, or would you get rid of your cell phone? You have to get rid of one. Well, that's that sounds like two different things because um. The way I'm thinking the question is, either you use your cell phone or you don't have Internet, period. Now, if you don't have Internet, period, uh, I would rather take the Internet and get a house phone if that were the case. Uh-huh. But um, if uh, we just talking about not having a laptop or something like that, then I would rather have my phone because we got the Internet on my phone. Okay. Well, I guess the way the question, I guess I should have been more specific. Um, that's kind of like along the lines where I was going. You don't have the Internet at all, like not even on your cell phone. So, you know, which would it be, the cell phone or the Internet? Yeah, I would I would go back to old school, just have a landline, and then, you know, I would prefer to have the Internet where I can – you know, surf and see all the things I need to see or whatever the case is. Right. Okay, I get but, that, um, too. That's, that's, a very, that's a very difficult question because you can't text, you can't get calls wherever you want to get them and stuff like that. So that's a very difficult question. But I think you miss out on a lot if you don't have the Internet available to you. Yeah. You know, like you, some people say, I don't watch TV or I don't get on the Internet. Well, you're missing out on something because it's a lot of things that's educational that you can learn and you can use it as a tool in the proper way that you can get a lot more knowledge than you would if you didn't have it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Eminem, let's tie in politics to this. Could people live on minimum wage if they didn't have a cell phone, internet, and cable bill? Um... They would come close to it, but it seems like when uh, minimum wage went up, the, the, what what went up the most was gas and milk and eggs and bread and that type of shit. The shit they figure you got to have to live, you know. That so, uh, but yeah, you cut that out. You know, you cut that out. Well, that's a that's a large part of a lot of people's income. Um, Especially if you're on minimum wage. I mean, that's like, man, that's like. That's a whole that's check. Like, yeah, half the check, man. Like half the check. So. Okay. Like, because like, uh, think about $8 an hour, 40 hours, what's that, 320 before taxes? And if, yeah. if your internet and phone is, what, 250 plus, 
shit, that's a whole week. Mm-hmm. Buck, what do you think, man? If they cut those three things out, could they live off a of minimum wage? Mm. No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, to a point, I mean, there's enough cell phone companies out there to where you can get a cell phone. You got Cricket Wireless and and uh, Metro PCS and all them kind of places where you can get a phone for like $30 a month pretty easy now. So I don't think if you cut those out, that it would make a difference because your gas for your car, the um, gas for your car, your food, it's so high. It just seems like every time the gas price go up, your food goes up, and it goes up to where it's astronomical. I mean, hell, we all know fucking chicken breasts are like $15, and you only get two of them some of them now. We used to get about six. So, I mean, Oh, you ain't lying, folks. <laughs> it don't make no damn sense. It could be higher where where you are, Ray, or where you know, or back home in Mississippi, where I'm from. But you be trying to catch them damn deals, you know. And this it's got to the point where you got to shop at different different grocery stores for different things. But I don't want to get off topic. But my thing is this: it's not gonna make a difference. If you you cut out cable. You cut out your cell phone. You cut out the internet. It's not gonna make a damn bit of difference because I mean, the damn gas price. That's still like a that's two tanks, two or maybe three tanks of gas right there. Yeah, but I, I just don't see. To me, I don't see a. Di- I wouldn't see cutting okay. them out because simply because your gas and all that other stuff is so much higher that even if you did cut up, cut them out, you, you you might it might get you one more tank of gas, but in the really in the spirit of you know the spirit of just doing business, you really it, it's not gonna make that much difference. What do you think, Ray? Oh, absolutely not, man. I mean, they talking about what raising it to thirteen dollars an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, e- even that's hard to make it. You know what I mean? If, if you was doing it, if you was doing everything right, I mean, like I say, it varies in different parts of the country. But shit, here you ain't even scratching the surface. I, you. If if you were to put it together, you would have to have three or four adults in the house, and everybody is contributing to make it make it work. You know what I mean. But as far as you know, minimum minimum wage. Yeah, I think everybody should earn at least you know thirteen dollars would be a good a good starting point because. You know, grocery stores and all this other kind of stuff. When you think about the money that they bringing in, they can afford to pay that wage. Mm-hmm. McDonald's. When you go to McDonald's, people lined up in cars around the building, and it's about twenty people inside. Come on, man. You know, you gonna make some people scoop fifty orders of fries, and you know, serve. I don't know how many Big Macs and all that, and all you got for them is nine or ten dollars. Come on, I don't make Walmart the same thing. Long as the lines be, you want the people to check all that stuff for nine, ten dollars? Nah, you gotta do better than that. You should do better than that. You know, I think you know the, the government needs to make these businesses get up off that money. They want to cut benefits. They want to cut everything, and it's just not fair to the to the workers. Okay. 
I definitely know that the government needs to do something to cut some of this stuff out. But, uh, yeah, you make a lot of good points there. And I just think that, um, I mean, minimum wage is not a lot. And like Buck was saying about gas and groceries, I mean, that's something else. That's something else. Man, sometimes you go to the grocery store, they tell you your total. You look over there in your basket, you like, man, what are y'all charging me for? You know, it might be somebody else's groceries you added on mine. But uh, you don't get a lot. And oh, you scanned it twice or something. Right. <laughs> you definitely don't get a lot these days. But uh, living up a minimum wage is rough. I mean, of course, this society wasn't designed for people really to live off a minimum wage, minimum wage I don't think. Um, I, I mean, granted, it was easier back in the day, but things are more expensive. And these, what used to be luxuries, are now necessities. So people have to have these things. Now, there are some places, um, PJ Extra mentioned, and um, he's in New York, and he mentioned that, you know, depending on your income, you can get free cell phones. And I think they offer that in a lot of states where you can qualify for free cell phones and things of that nature. So there's still opportunities for those who may not make a lot of money. But, um, I mean, the Internet's to the point it's becoming essential just to look for jobs, if nothing else, or maybe to research how to get certain benefits if you're not making a lot of money, or to go to school and things of that nature. Yeah, you can go to the library, true enough, but, um, you know, people just want the convenience of having it at home sometimes. Yeah, because uh, paper applications don't even exist anymore. I mean, anyway, even fast food, you got to go online. So, So, so Eminem, I mean, People who are under 30 years old pretty much only know a world with cell phones, Internet, and cable. So does it make it harder for them to, like, get started on their own when they're leaving their parents' house because now they have to accommodate these type of bills when they move out? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it definitely makes it harder if, if uh, you know, if you've got to foot the bill for all of it. But, uh, but I think uh, – Ray kind of mentioned uh, mentioned it earlier uh, how you know with with you with, with being able to do so much with a phone with anybody thirty and under they pretty much only know phone stuff you know what I'm saying so as long as they got a phone they good now you take that away they lost you know because I noticed that uh like uh like at my house man it's like I'm the only one that really used the desktop computers like you know. The kids is either on, you know, iPads or phones or something. They don't, they hardly ever use the home computer for the Internet. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but, yeah. you know, I'm just the opposite. I I have to feel something typing, and um, I still like yeah. using my mouse and stuff. So, I mean, but uh, when you take them phones and stuff away, it kill them, man. They, they, don't, they don't even know how to function almost. So, but, yeah, you starting out on your own, man, um, if if uh, if a kid is trying to get their first little apartment or something like that, it's just like you know they actually have to build in a a, a, a smartphone phone and plan as part of as part of the household. You know that's that's basically going to be essential because they're not going to have a home phone. I think the dorms now. Y'all remember how we was in school? The dorms pretty much you know. Had the phones, the option for the phone. That's not even an option no more. Cause we had pay phone. Have a phone, right? Yeah, no. pay phone in the hallway. Yeah. So I mean, so now it's like I'm saying, it's like it's almost like you forced to get a phone. 
And those uh those SafeLink phones, yeah, they're free, two hundred fifty dollars a month, but they're basically a basic flip phone. You can't access the internet on them, so uh, it really won't do anybody any good, you know, looking for a job because you know jobs now is like when you call, they're like, well, we're not hiring. You know, the hiring is in a whole other location and it's online only. You can't call and say, hey man, y'all got my application yet? All that, all that kind of stuff is gone. So. Uh, but yeah, yeah. To answer the question, though, man, yeah, it's uh, it definitely makes it more difficult. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to really. It, well, what it really does, it makes people prioritize. I mean, you, if you have to choose between your smartphone rate plan and the next pair of KDs or something, well, I mean, you probably won't have to go with their, their smartphone. You know, I try, try to save up more or something because, you know, it's, it's really part of life. Yeah, and Buck, so as an end result, are we going to see people older before, you know, the age of people moving out go up to where people are 25, 26 years old before they get out of their parents' house? Probably. I mean, I think we're already seeing that already. I mean, and, and I don't think that I don't think that really has anything to do with cell phones. I just think it has more to do with laziness than anything else. Because these, today's kids, they want everything, and they want to keep their ass at the house. They don't have anything to do with cell phone or anything like that. They just fucking lazy and they you know, we're the last of the Mohicans. Let's be real about it. I mean you gotta be real you gotta be parents first. You gotta tell these young motherfuckers that they gotta get the hell out the house. It ain't got nothing to do with whether they, you know, cell phones or anything else, saving up for it or anything else. We gotta do our job as damn parents to make sure make these jokers get out at eighteen and be able to stand on their own feet. But to answer the question no, it doesn't have anything to do with them saying, you know, the age going up. That's something else entirely different. That'll take a whole damn show to explain. <laughs> Ray, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I heard both answer, but I didn't hear the original question. Um, as far as do you think it's going to – that we'll see a trend of people – having um getting older before they move out of their parents' house, like twenty five, twenty six, because they gotta save up more money for the additional necessities that we now require as a society. Uh yeah, but you know, it, it's it's a lot with that though. You know, because when you nowadays when you get out on your own, you have to have a stable job. A lot of places like I say, different parts of the country is different, but a lot of places you have to have income requirements to even get a re- apartment or this or that. You know, it ain't like, well, you know, like my brothers in Georgia, it's simple. You know, $200, you move in if you got a job and whatnot. Shit here, you know, month and a half security, you got to have first month's rent. You gotta be making X amount of dollars in order to stay anywhere. If you're not on sex date or nothing like that, so it takes more time in order to get things situated. So kids are going to school longer, and a lot of kids are getting out of school with, you know, uh, master's degrees and uh, bachelors and stuff like that, and it's still not easy for them to find a job that can pay the amount of money that it takes for them to you know, get out on their own. So it's all a part of saving money. I don't think it's more so about 
a kid growing up and he hasn't they's twenty five years old because they got an iPad, they got a laptop, they got a cell phone, uh they got an Xbox and all that. That's you know, that's five or six thousand dollars. If you put it all together, they got everything. It's more so about the cost of living nowadays. Okay. And another thing we have to factor in is um health care. Um because now it's like healthcare is pretty much essential. A lot of people are more aware that they need it, and I think a lot of younger people have healthcare as opposed to when we were growing up um, and everything. So you have to factor that in. You got to factor in insurance is mandatory now on your vehicles. Uh, yeah, that's a killer there. So I mean, there are a lot of things that add to responsibility, financial responsibilities, and a lot of folks don't consider all of that when they try to move out and get out on their own. Man, it's it's not easy. It's not easy, and I mean, minimum wage is just not going to get it to where you can. I mean, you can't have a car. You gotta have a bus pass more than likely, and if you live somewhere in Jackson, you're very limited if you have to ride the bus, and um, it just made life hard for a lot of people. Really can. All right, gonna take a quick break and we'll come right back and wrap up this topic. Message from Search for it here, sixty seconds. If you own a business, you know how important it is to get the word out about what you have to offer. I want to tell you about a great online local business directory that will get you the attention you want. It's called searchforithere.com, and it's fantastic. At searchforithere.com, multiple discounts are available on their local business directory with lots of great features. They have diamond or silver plans available that can save you tons. The diamond plan includes featured listings, and the silver plan includes video as well as other great tools to promote your business. So take advantage of these great deals today and get listed as soon as possible. There are hundreds, even thousands of customers out there just waiting for you to get listed. Searchforwardhere.com is simply the best local business directory. So whether you own one business or many companies, it doesn't matter. Searchforwardhere.com is your number one local business directory. You can call them at 253-324-3352 or email them at sales at searchforwardhere.com. Searchforwardhere.com. I'm Shantae from CoachShantae.com, and you're listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. All right, we're back on the Talk to Q radio show. 347-202-0215, brought to you by Truth Devour and LiquidLifeDrops.us. We'll go to the 248 area code outside of the Motor City of Detroit and welcome on Crystal Hickerson. That's author and show host Crystal Hickerson. Chris, what's going on? Thank you. Well, How Chris? are you? Doing Hello, all right. All so, right. Last one on this topic, and then we'll move on to something else. You know, you have different, you know, aside from your, your big bills like cell phone, internet, and um, cable, you have the little small monthly bills that kind of nickel and dime you. You know, Jay-Z has his new music service title. Uh, some people pay for Pandora and Spotify. Netflix is a monthly charge. Xbox Live is a monthly charge. I mean, Chris, Crystal, I ask you, as a society, 
are we just addicted to costly entertainment? Because, again, we don't have to have this stuff, but we just want it so badly. Well, uh, I guess, yeah, a little nickel and dime stuff. Um, most of my nickel and dime goes through the show. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but the um, and well, like with Netflix, um, a lot of people are switching off cable and going to Netflix. I know my son did that at his at his place. He um, said he doesn't have cable anymore. He just watches um, stuff on Netflix because mm-hmm. you know they still have the internet. So there, you know, that's a way to lower your cost, and it lowered his cost tremendously, of course. So you know, you have to pick and choose which works best for you. And um, I know having a phone, as someone said earlier, having a phone is the best thing to have, even if you don't have internet. Then you can always have your phone, because you know I'm usually on my phone quite a bit, and my when my daughter was here, she never got on the computer, hardly ever. Even the laptop, she just she just stayed on her phone. Well, we were but saying me, that you wouldn't have internet on the phone either. It would just be a straight yeah, cell phone. Yeah, that was, was kind of weird because that's that's weird to me. How would you not have internet on the phone? I mean, even like I have like my work phone. I have the they gave us these little ratty Verizon flip phones, but um, I can still kind of search the internet if I needed to. Mm-hmm. If I can text on there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you have something. You may not have the actual visual internet, but you still have the text or something, you know. You feel connected. Uh, you feel a little connected, yeah. You gotta have you gotta have something. Otherwise, geez, what would you do? <laughs> I don't know what I would do without it. I agree. And uh what you were talking about with your son, there are definitely different ways to cut the cord. Um, if I were not a sports fan, I would have dropped um, DirecTV a long time ago. Not that I don't like them because I enjoy their service, um, but it's just too expensive for what you get. And you have options where you can pay seven ninety nine a month for Hulu, you can pay, you know, $12 a month for Netflix. You can get something like a Fire TV or a Roku box, which gives you access to tons of um, streaming Internet channels. Um, yeah. Or you just go old school and put an antenna on your house. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that you put an antenna on your house these days, you can get about, you know, 10 to 12 stations, depending on where you live. In some places, you can get as many as 20 and 30 in HD, yep. you know. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, how I got mine. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's cheaper than having it. You, you, the antenna cost a bunch, but, I mean, well, you, actually, get, you get everything on regular TV yeah. that you want, you know. The really powerful antennas will, will cost you some money, so it depends on where you live. If you live, like, near the tower, towers or directly in the city, then a lot of times you can just go with, you know, probably a – freaking antenna sitting on top of your TV that costs 15 bucks. But if you put one on your on your roof or something, it draws in a lot. But uh, there are a lot of people who cut the cord now, and they get away with, you know, spending 25 30 bucks a month as opposed to $100 for a satellite or cable or something. And, again, it doesn't work for me because I'm a sports fan and um, – 
you, it's very difficult to access sporting events live online without, and even if you can, they still charge you so much. Even if I got the Sunday ticket online, it's still going to cost me a grip. But uh, so yeah, sports kind of keeps me tied to my Direct TV. But uh, definitely a good way of saving money, though, Crystal, and you know your son should be applauded for it. But uh, anybody, anybody else think of any little monthly bills that come to mind of different things you can probably cut out, but you know we kind of nickel and dime ourselves a little bit. Now I tell you another one for me. Um, I don't know if cable does this, but with Directv, every box, every receiver box that you have, it's like six bucks, and that's the most frustrating charge for me. And uh, with Uverse, it's nine bucks for every additional box that you have, and I just don't understand why you got to charge me for every box. I mean, that's just a frustrating charge for me, for real. Well, that's so, better than the other satellite company who makes you dish. buy the equipment. So, well, yeah, with DirecTV, though, I mean, if you want to buy the Genie, um, I don't know how much it costs now, but I know when the Genie first came out, that was 300 bucks plus they charge you um, 6 bucks a month to lease it. Wow. So you never that's really cool. owned it because when you quit service, you got to send it back. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I like the uh, the music streaming uh, network like Beats by Dre. I think that's one of the best things ever. I can listen to all the music I want to listen to and just pay a monthly fee. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that. I didn't know that they had a streaming service. It's on your cable? Oh, nah, so it's, on, it's on your phone. I think oh, okay. it's what. Getting all the month, fifteen a month or something like that. But yeah, fifteen a month. If you wanna any album you wanna listen to, it's on there. What time it come out Tuesday? All mm-hmm. you gotta do is plug in your headphones, bro. You ready to go? Okay, okay. Yeah, and I try that out. I know they have a lot of music services. Uh, I'm not aware of all of them. I wasn't. I, I haven't. Not. Heard of that one? But uh, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are a lot of things, and like I said, it it does cost money per month. But um, that's what we're willing to do for entertainment. Uh, and to a lot of us, it's worth the money. I mean, there's some people who may say, "Man, I can't believe you pay that much for the Sunday ticket," but that's kind of like my passion, you know. And so it's worth it to me, even though it wouldn't be worth it to Crystal. So, but all right. Uh, yeah, I want to want to move on and discuss a story that um, I saw, and I you have to forgive me because I don't know what city and state this occurred in. I'm gonna try to Google it and figure it out. But there were two guys on their way to a funeral, and you know they're in a hearse. They work for the funeral home. And they had a body in the back of the hearse. They stopped at a coffee shop to grab a quick cup of coffee. And, of course, with everyone having a cell phone, uh, camera on their cell phone, someone took a picture of the the hearse being parked in the parking lot and posted it to social media. The hearse had a casket in, a casket in the back draped in an American flag. All right. Uh, 
Of course, this went viral, and both guys were fired. Ray, I'll start with you on this. I mean, is it fair or foul to stop in a coffee shop or go through a drive-thru when you're on your way to a funeral for body in a hearse? Oh, it depends on what the uh, the, the job uh, criteria was. I mean, if it was stated beforehand that you go straight to where you're supposed to go to, then that's what it is. But if, you know, it was never a problem before, then it shouldn't have been a problem that day. But I don't know. I have to know more about the story because obviously they did something wrong if they were terminated more than likely. So mm-hmm. they may have had a rule you got to go straight to wherever you're going to. So I mean, but have to know more about it. Let me ask you this. Even if it was – even if the funeral home – didn't necessarily have a problem with it or it wasn't anything they had restricted. Is it tacky to do that? Is that something you should do before you pick up the body and everything? Or, I mean, how do you look at it from that perspective? Oh, well, I I would say it depends on where it's at. If you're somewhere where you know it's crowded, it's like a Dunkin' Donuts where cars is coming in and out, in and out, no, I don't think you should do it. I mean, uh-huh. to me, when you got something serious going on, you should take care of business anyway. It's just like if you, if you I don't want to go there with it, but if you were making a trip or you was doing something that was very important and you got a lot of money in your car or something, you shouldn't be stopping at a food place and all that kind of stuff. You get where you're going and that's that. You know what I mean? Go through the drive-through or whatever the case is, but unnecessary stopping this shouldn't occur. Okay. Um, Crystal, what do you think? Do you think that it really added to the, um, I guess the the severity of the situation because it was a casket that was draped in an American flag? Well, that always brings you know emotion you know, to someone. Now, what I'm wondering is, you said that somebody, they took pictures through the window of the hearse? Uh, not through the window because, I mean, you know, the hearse, like, you can pretty much see in it easily through the back window because it's well, that depends on the hearse. Well, yeah, this one you can okay. see in it very easily. Oh, okay, yeah. I think they might have yeah, been double parked too. <laughs> I used to work at a funeral home, and... Um, <laughs> You know, you don't want to know half of the crap that we did. And, and so, you know, and especially the guys, you know, when they were going and coming and stuff like that, I mean, <laughs> that wasn't a good idea, especially since you could see the hearse yeah. that we had, you couldn't see inside of it. Um, but we did have one that you could see. It was more of a ceremonial thing. It depends on, you know, the family and how they wanted to do it. But, yeah, each nation that did that. Um you know, and yeah, I mean, anytime you see a veteran, um, that kind of a thing, you do feel this, it causes much more emotion. And that's probably why they got fired more so than the fact that they stopped. Um, they obviously had time, so they stopped. They figured, okay, let's stop, get some coffee, we got a little time. But um, the problem was, I'm sure, it was the family and everyone else, the community, maybe, who were outraged and 
so that's why they were fired. But, yeah, and if you knew that, I mean, it's a touchy thing. And, you know, this one thing about, you know, a funeral, you only have one chance to fuck up, and it's over. You know, you can't go backwards. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, that is, it was a bad taste. They shouldn't have done it. It was a horrible mistake for them to even do that. I mean, they should have took the body to the funeral home or to wherever they were going, to the church or whatever, and then did, went and did whatever they needed to do, you know. But they probably wasn't thinking about it. They probably have done it, like someone said, you know, before. You know, let's just do it and, you know, you don't think, because you, you don't think about it. It's a job. Okay, well, it looks like um, I just found some information on it. And, yeah, you're right. It is a job, so you kind of treat it like other jobs. But uh, it happened in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. Um, And uh, you can clearly, I'm going to post it in the um, T2Q group. You can clearly see into the the hearse. Yeah. Uh, Because, you know, it's kind of like has the American flag on display. Uh, the funeral, well, a guy saw it and he asked if there was a body in there and the man said, yes. And then he said, so you have a dead soldier in the back of your hearse and you're stopping to get coffee and the guy didn't reply. Now, the two guys who got fired were brothers. They're actually in their seventies, older, older men. They had worked at the Mm -hmm. funeral home for several, for several years and had a stellar history. Um, and they had sons that were veterans. And the owner of the funeral home said he thought about suspending them, but ultimately he decided it was necessary to terminate them, and probably because of the pressure he got. And um, he said yeah. both men were, were heartbroken. They were good employees and didn't want to go out like that. Um, yeah. They said the family yeah. of the dead. Yeah, they said the family of the dead man were were forgiving. They didn't want the man to lose their job, um, but you know, of course, they did end up losing their job. But, um, Buck, I'll let you chime in on this, man. Uh, do you think that it was fair to fire these guys for stopping to get coffee? Again, they did double park, so that just made it look that much worse. That's going to make it noticeable. But <laughs> what do you think, Buck? Uh, this is one of those touchy situations where, I mean, I understand when he was getting some, they were getting flat for that. But, I mean, obviously, I think they had time to stop. But if you got to get, you're gonna stop at a coffee place. You do that before you even get involved with the funeral aspect of it. If you had that much time before the funeral, you go get your coffee before you go pick up the body. In my opinion, so you know, I see why the guy got fired. It's unfortunate these guys have been working there for a long period of time. But at the same time, you got to look at, you know, in any in any event, whether this guy was a veteran or not. It's a respect factor involved here. And clearly the reason why I think these guys got fired because is that you disrespected the family, you disrespected the the integrity of the business. And as a result of those those two factors, that's the reason why he they ultimately got let go. Is it a big issue? In the grand scheme of things, probably not. I mean, it's a big issue to the families, but like I said before, if you need a coffee that damn bad, you do it before you even pick up the body in your own transportation or whatever. And, you know, the flack that they're getting and so forth like that, that was the reason why they got fired, and it's unfortunate. But 
you have to take that in consideration on every damn job in this country. Because if you fuck up now, it's going to get it's going to be posted quick and in a hurry. You got people watching. You got <laughs> right. people watching. You think you ain't you ain't being watched. You being watched. So with mm-hmm. that being said, I mean, you really have to be on your P's and Q's when you're at work. Even when you're not at work. There's people here that I know here right here in Pensacola got fired, and they did something just completely off the damn, you know, the beaten path off work, but it made it to Facebook. Them son of bitches got fired. So you have to have the mindset that you can't be fucking up at work because the minute you do, it could be something simple. And back in the day, you wouldn't even got reprimanded for it. But today's time, if that shit get on the Internet, you're done. So... Just take just you know take that piece of advice, just to kind of keep you out you know be on your p's and q's. All right, I understand and I agree with that advice, sir. Okay, um, yeah, I just thought it was a weird story, and it's a shame that those guys, you know, in their seventies and just made a bad mistake and it cost them. It really did. All right, next week T two Q will air on Monday and Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, On Monday, we'll discuss hygiene and its importance and why some people don't feel like it's important. And on Tuesday, we'll get into hunting. Uh, You know, hunting has changed a lot over the generations, and we'll talk about it a little bit. And I know Crystal's like, do I really want to be a part of a show on hunting? But you know me, Crystal. I have angles to all of my topics. So I'm going to come at it from a different way. So that's next Monday and Tuesday on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. All right, when we get into our our final thoughts, um, I want to ask you all this. You know, the Civil Rights, um, the Civil Rights Act passed, you know, a little over 50 years ago, uh, back in 1964. And at that time, you know, you had a bipartisan government, you know, type of government. You had people willing to work with each other, Democrats and Republicans. And the bill passed in the House 290 to 130, and it passed in the Senate 73 to 27. Okay? Support from both parties, liberals and moderate Republicans. So when you give your final thoughts, I'm going to ask you this question. If the Civil Rights Act were to be passed today, with Obama in office, with the same Democrats and Republicans we now have in office, would it pass, yes or no, and why? So if you can answer that for me as well as give your final thoughts. And, Buck, I'll go ahead and I'll start with you. Great show tonight, as always. Um, Talking about all the different topics that we went across tonight. You know, definitely, you know, when it comes to, you know, some of the things we discussed, especially these guys in this, with this funeral deal, um, you just really have to kind of make sure you're taking care of things when you're at work. And you got to be careful what you do off of it. You know, you don't want everybody in your business. I think we, we're living in a time now where you really need to keep your mouth shut instead of boasting and bragging about something stupid. <clears throat> and because if you do something stupid and you brag about it, and then get back to your employer, you know, depending on what state you live in, they have right-to-work laws, Florida being one of those states. And if you do something stupid and, and you don't have, they don't have to have a reason to fire you. They can just fire you. 
you, you, you smell bad that day, it's flowering your ass. They don't have they don't have to have a reason. So just keep that in mind. Always, you know, always be tactful and be, you know, be on top of your game. Bring your A game every day, even when you don't feel like bringing it. Um, as far as <clears throat> whether the Civil Rights Act were passed today, that shit wouldn't pass. It wouldn't pass at all. Simply because you don't have an agreement. Can't nobody agree on shit where you're Democratic or Republican. They, they can't do you know they can't draw, they can draw up a, the Republicans can draw up a law that they all agree on when they sit there and talk in their little in their little private chambers or whatever, and they present it out on the table. Then everybody disagree with it. There's no uh, there's no really rhyme or reason to you know how they do things in today's government. I mean nobody agrees you know a hundred percent or at least even 50% about the laws that are being drawn up in this country. And then when you got so much damn different turmoil going on in the House of Representatives of the Republican, I mean in the uh, Senate, it just doesn't make sense, and nothing gets done. So even with Obama in office, he could veto, veto, you know, use his little executive order powers, and it still won't pass, simply because there's just not any agreement within the government. Everybody got their own agenda. It's too many damn agendas and not enough stuff getting done. And that's the reason it didn't matter whether Obama's the president or somebody else. Until we stop doing our own little personal agendas in the government, we're not going to get shit solved. So this next presidential race is going to be important because we've got to kind of get things back to where people can actually make some laws and get something passed. But it wouldn't pass in today's time. Because simply because there's no agreement. Okay. Yeah, I don't even think it would make it to President Obama's desk. I think it would die in the Senate. Pro- Senate probably. But um, all right, I appreciate that, Buck. And Ray, I'll go to you, man. Oh uh, yeah, we had an interesting topic on technology. I think that um, technology now is growing, and you know, the more technology, really, the better. I mean, it's going to have some bad parts to it as well, but, you know, it's just a a great, great tool to use. You know, you can do mostly anything through your phone now, you know, and and it's like, um, like I'd rather leave my wallet than leave my phone. So it's like you just need everything that you use. Now, people will say you don't need it because, a phone is what people think of to talk, but you use your phone for so many other things, text, you know, emails, uh, surfing the net, all kinds of stuff. Music. So, yeah, music. So it, it's, it's, it's very valuable. As far as the, uh, the Civil Rights Act, I do believe it would pass today. I just think it would be modifications made to it. I mean, you can't really put a bill out in today's time and say that, you know, you want to have unequal voter registration and have discrimination based on creed, color, or sex or something like that. And, you know, people will agree, won't agree to it. I mean, you just can't have that in in today's society. So if they would pass it, 
it just probably would be written a little bit differently. So, you know, it's still not perfect. Everybody still wants too much. They put it on Republicans and Democrats, but like I say, you can press on, and as a man, you have to stand up for rights. And like I say, I'm all for ending domestic violence. I don't believe nobody should be assaulted. But you can't let a woman assault the shit out of a man, and then nobody does anything about it. Kendrick Perkins was assaulted yesterday or this morning or something like that. The basketball player? Yes. His wife was beating on him and pulling out the car and everything else. You know what he said when, he, when the cops got on the scene? He said we were just having a, ver- a verbal altercation. But witnesses say the woman was beating the shit out of him in the car. Now, the thing about it is that's domestic violence as well. But you know what the cops did? Oh, we'll give you a ride, Kendrick, and we'll let her take the vehicle that you guys came in, which is a bunch of nonsense. If we all put in domestic violence, if a woman slaps you in public, she's supposed to get them handcuffs put on her. You understand? I'm not all for breaking a woman's jaw and all that. Yeah, that guy should go to jail. But at the same time, don't put your hands on me either. You can't go here and rip my shirt and throw wine and stuff in my face and think that's all right. See, we got the rules now that it's leaning one way for the ladies, and I understand that they had to go a long way to catch up and get things going their way, but now we want it to go too far away, and it's just ridiculous. You know, I'm for equal rights. If we talk about equal rights, I'm all for it. I don't even want as much people for us to have way more rights than anybody else. I want them to be equal. You know, so I think that um, if it were today, it would have some changes made to it, but I think it would go way too far. Like now they, they try to end discrimination, but discrimination still exists in the workplace, you know, everywhere. There's no way you can get around it. You know, some of it is sneaky, some of it is right in your face, you know. So any progress is good progress. So I just think it would pass. It just wouldn't be the same bill. Okay. All right, man. I appreciate that. And Crystal, shut it down for me. And, and Crystal, also something that I guess you would have to consider is that part of the Civil Rights Act affected women. And, you know, just in 2014, uh, with the Hobby Lobby decision, you saw how they reacted towards that. So that's something else to consider as well. But um, what do you think about the Civil Rights Act if it were on the table right now and Obama was the president? Well, um, I guess he wouldn't be president if it wasn't on the hadn't already been on the table. But, oh, um, true. So, but no, I, I think um, I think it would pass. I uh, I think, uh, like Ray said, there would be some changes. I think there would be some major additions and amendments regarding um, same sex, the marriages, and um, you know, civil rights for um, the LBGT community or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that would definitely probably be the most that would be um, added would be that. Um, I think most people today do, and most of the constituencies do agree um, with equal rights for all. So, you know, what's in there now regarding race, 
and uh, age, color, and all that kind of stuff. But I think what is not in there is, um, you know, the um, same-sex issues. So that kind of stuff would be would be added. Um, you know, I mean, but it is always a struggle um, for lots of different uh, rights, you know, um, regarding women, regarding uh, the, there's so many different committees that are going on um, for fighting for certain things. I even um, saw an article today regarding a a guy who's a male rights activist, and um, he wants to, everyone to boycott the Mad Max movie. So, uh, no, that might be in there too. Boycott it for what? Rights. Huh? Boycott it for what? He said he thought that the movie was just a feminist propaganda movie. So anyway, oh. it was hilarious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. But anyway, whatever. Um, maybe he didn't like the fact that Sharon um, or Farron was actually bald. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, so, you know, everybody has some issues or whatever. Now, it would go back and forth, but I think the core of the Civil Rights um, um, Act would be would go through. I don't think it would not go through. I don't think the, the people would allow it not to go through. So um, as far as technology, again, um, you made a good point, Q, earlier I hadn't thought about regarding that a lot of the technologies are no longer luxuries, they're necessities. Because it, it used to be a luxury, yeah, to have a cell phone or to yeah. have, you know, things like that. And you could just not, and, and, and even computers, I mean, it's like, or some sort of computer, a laptop, something. It used to be a luxury, yeah, I got a computer, you know. But now if you don't have a computer, what the hell's wrong with you? You got to have a computer, you got to have or a cell phone, you got to have something. In a way, because you know there is no way to get uh, a job without um, some sort of computer, or you have to go to the library or something, or they set up computer centers, you know, at different places where people can go. But there, you can't apply for positions any other way, really. I mean, they may have help wanted out there, but they'll tell you, but you have to go to this web address to apply. Even Wendy's, you know, even the fast food restaurants, you have to go, you know, online to apply. So you have to have that. And then, of course, you have to have someone, you have to have some sort of contact. And who has, not many people have um, hard line, you know, um, phones in their home anymore because they made a choice. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. pay for one phone bill. I'm not paying for two or three phone bills, so. But anyway, um, good show, very interesting, and I guess I look forward to the next one Tuesday. All right. Thank you very much. I mean, you can hang on the line for some zone coverage, Chris. No, I won't. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about Deflate Gate a little bit. Okay. But uh, all right, we'll well. That. Something about that, though. That's kind of funny. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the golden boy has um, been tarnished a little bit, but we'll discuss that. All right, so I appreciate you all coming on. 
Uh, Ray, be sure to send some show love to Amanda for me for her 22nd birthday tomorrow, man. It, I think it's tomorrow. Um, be sure yeah, to tell yeah, her happy birthday. Okay. Well, her ninth anniversary of her 22nd then. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my thanks to show leg, my show legends. Tweet chatters and everybody that participated on the show tonight. If you want more of these great topics, then ask to join my exclusive Facebook group. Just search for T2Q on Facebook and ask for an invite. The group is private. You can get a heavy dose of the show topics every day in the T2Q group on Facebook. You can also email your comments to me at talktoqnow at gmail.com, and I will read them on the air. Okay? Um. You can um, also request to be a guest at that email as well. And when all else fails, just Google Talk to Q or T2Q. So those who aren't into sports, have a good night. Peace out. It is time for some zone coverage. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Play to win the game. You don't play to just play. You play to win. All right. We'll go ahead and get started. No sense in me playing the entire song. All right. Uh, Buck, I'll start with you, man. Deflategate went down. Tom Brady got four games. Is the penalty fair? Do you think it'll stick? Is the penalty fair? No. I think you should have got six games or eight um, and then let him appeal down to four, um, simply because of this. The Patriots have been cheaters this entire millennium, um, ever since uh, Bill Belichick got there. I mean, that, but let's, let's take this a little bit further. All teams cheat. Steelers cheat, Cowboys cheat, Raiders cheat. We, they all do. But the, the thing is, they do it to a point, everybody pushes the envelope. It doesn't matter what it doesn't matter whether it's football, baseball, hockey, NASCAR, whatever. Everybody gonna push the envelope till they get caught. The Union Patriots been getting caught this whole damn millennium. And in the grand scheme of things, did it was it really gonna change the outcome of the Indianapolis game? Indianapolis got their asses beat on national television. They got tractorized. So it didn't matter whether those balls were deflated or not, they got that ass whooped. Now, the Ravens game, maybe it may have made a little bit of a difference. That game was a whole lot closer. But in any event, like I said, the New England Patriots have found innovative ways to try to push the envelope by stealing film. Now with this deflate gate scandal, you know, Tom Brady was guilty at the beginning. If you saw his first press conference, simply because, you know, he didn't turn in, he, he didn't turn in his text messages. And the text messages they did see from the ball handlers, you know, they pretty much state that that he knew, that, you know, that uh, he knew that the balls were deflated. 
So, with all that being said, I think you should have been suspended eight games, and then maybe you appeal down to four, but not, you know, don't do it, you know, for four games, because what if they knock it down to two? You know, so I know this is not a criminal investigation, but in a lot of ways it kind of mirrors it. So, but we also know that something else is a factor here. Bob Kraft and them, the damn, you know, um, Roger Roger Goodell, you know, they tight like, you know, they tight like four flat tires in a spare. So you knew that Bob Kraft probably said, I know you're going to suspend them, so just do it for four games, you know, or some shit like that. If you do it for four games, then maybe I'll, you know, I'll find some kind of way to kick you out a little bit of money or some shit. We don't know if that's true or not. I'm just, just pure speculation. But the bottom line of it is, is that Roger Goodell does not to, need to be the, the, you know, the judge and executioner at the same time. He needs to have somebody else handle that that duty. And you know, that's the reason why people don't like his ass anyway, because he doesn't handle the shit right. You bring an arbitrator in to do something like that to deal with this kind of issue. And therefore, you know, maybe the punishment will start fitting the crime. But it's too late now. You can't go back and do like you did against Ray Rice. You suspend his ass two games and then come back and do something else. You can't do what you did to, uh, uh, you know, Peterson either. So that's my take on it. Good. I got the clock for a change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ray, what about you, man? Um was it a fair penalty, and will it stick? Well, um, no, I don't. I don't think it was fair. I mean, they knew that a, a crime was committed on the football field before the Super Bowl. The correct thing would have been was to remove Brady and remove Belichick from the Super Bowl. But of course, there's a lot of money involved. What he got that kind of money involved, I understand you can't do that. Because if you take them guys out of the game, everybody bets on Seattle and Vegas lose billions of dollars. No, you cannot do that. I understand that. But to be consistent with what you have done to other ball players when, you know, they accuse of domestic violence and stuff like that, you're taking them off the field. Now, we all know a lot of these accusations are based around money. They money hungry. Okay, you know, why were they in that situation in the first place? And females know how guys are. Just like not to bring Floyd in it off off topic, but he got what five cases, seven cases, or something like that. And he still got some of the finest women in the country. It's all mm-hmm. about money. You understand? So I understand they couldn't do that. So my thing is. They should, after the fact, because you notice the report comes out a week after the draft because they don't want to have an excuse to have to take a draft pick. So it's all kind of like a a, a thing where Kraft and, and Cordell kind of work things out a little bit. I don't, I don't think Kraft is mad with them at all. I think they they putting up a front. But the thing is, is I was suspended brief for the entire season. Reason being is, because you hear the word from Riddell all the time that says integrity of the league, integrity of the league. Okay, so you want to take rights off, you want to take Adrian Peterson off, and everything else. Now you got arguably the biggest star in football got caught cheating. He's on the team that has been caught cheating before, so they're not first-time offenders. 
So right now, you have to send a clear message, just like you want to do with, with, with Greg Hardy. The chick ain't even show up, but you send them all these games and everything else. Now you have the golden boy here. you got to set an example. If you're making an example out of him, everybody else knows not to try it. So I would have suspended him for one full year. Belichick would have had to get it to whether he plays you know or not. Sean Payton is down in New Orleans saying, what the fuck is going on? True. Mickey, Mickey Loomis is saying the same thing. What's going on? You cannot have two sets of rules. Ten sets of rules, and that's what they did with the New England Patriots. How do you suspend Sean Payton and not suspend Bill Belichick? Not suspend Tom you know, Brady for more than four games. You put you did that very eloquently, because simply because I mean I didn't think about that. Both of these guys should be suspended for one full year, simply because I mean this is not their front rodeo. So whether he now, knew it or not. Because four, four years from now, the Patriots will do something else. We're going to Spygate. Oh, you know, it's just seven years. That's over with now. Now you find out they got to build the football. Well, how long has it been going on? I don't really believe the football made a drastic difference. I believe it would have beat Indianapolis regardless. But Indianapolis does have a point. If the game was 17-7 to and all of a sudden they busted wide open in the second half, when they changed footballs, something did could have happened. I believe they were outplayed that day, but at the same time, you cannot make up your own rules. You have to follow the rules of the game. It's like if they say, oh, you can't have, uh, you know, certain advantages, you have to follow that. And I don't think New England followed that. I think they should take more than a first-round draft pick and – they talk, everybody keeps talking about the million dollars. The fans are going to get together and help pay the million dollars. Million dollars to Bob Crabb is like 251 of us or something like not even because people don't realize if you got $500 million, although he's a billionaire three times over, I believe it is, you know, even if you got to give up $2 billion, you still got a billion dollars. Your lifestyle won't change. That's what people right. don't understand about being rich. So the million dollars, we, not, we shouldn't even talk about that. But I think they should, they should have sent a message. Let them know that New England don't run the league. Let them know that, that Tom Brady is not above suspension. And let them know we will not tolerate cheating on the football field. One year suspension for him and Belichick. Okay. I, um... I think a year suspension would have definitely sent a message. Um, of course, I didn't expect it, but uh, I think it definitely would have sent a message, if you oh, ask me. Oh, and let me say real quick, too, I don't believe the four-game suspension will hold up. I believe they're going to break it down to more like two games because it's a lot of BS now. All these people defending Brady and everything else, but when Peterson them get in trouble, yeah, you don't hear all that. Uh, yeah, and I also think that uh, – the schedule might play a role in it as well because they're supposed to be coming to Dallas for, I think, week three or something. And I know Jerry Jones would rather have Tom Brady playing, even though, you know, you might have a better chance of winning. But, I mean, uh, you know, ticket sales and things of that nature is something to consider. But, 
I, I think that it is going to wind up being two. They got, I think they got Buffalo in week four, which is a, you know, AFC East game. And yeah, when it's all said and done, I, I think it's only going to go a couple of, going to be a couple, but uh, it remains to be seen. But I do think that they're still giving special treatment to the golden boy. He's my boy. You know, I love him. You know, I went to, I mean, I didn't go there. I mean, I'm a big Michigan fan and I've been cool with Tom Brady, but, I don't know on this one. Like I said, they keep getting caught. So overall, if you keep getting caught, one of them thing where it's smoke, there's fire. And then it just as far as their the the legacy, man, I know that it's been discussed before, but what type of legacy can you have when you've always been caught cheating? I think, in my opinion, that this definitely tarnishes his legacy. Um. You know, it would be funny if the NFL would do him like the the equivalent to what they've done to Pete Rose. You know, Pete Rose didn't break any laws other than gambling. And that, and that man not in the Hall of Fame. So I think at this point, you didn't call two times during your Super Bowl era run. I think they need to, you know, take this a step further and ban his ass from the from the, uh, from the Hall of Fame simply because Y'all keep getting cheap. Y'all keep cheating. And, you know, when you're stealing signals, when you're deflating balls and all this kind of shit, it doesn't show that you actually earn these Super Bowls honestly. So with that being said, you know, let's do a Pete Rose on his ass and block his ass from being going into the Hall of Fame. We don't need, you know, we don't need that kind of stuff going on there. So, and, I know he has all these accolades and all this kind of stuff, and he's all Mr. High and Mighty on the football field. And, you know, he he has all this courageousness and, you know, trying to pump up his stairs and all that kind of fucking shit. You didn't, you're getting caught cheating. So all that shit goes by the wayside as far as I'm concerned. You don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame if this is, this is how you're going to conduct your business. Okay. Ray, you think he this they hold this against him as far as the Hall is concerned? Uh no, I mean should they? I mean it, I don't think it should keep him out of the Hall of Fame because he's definitely a Hall of Famer. But at the same time, he's a cheater, and you have a lot of people coming out mad and they defending Tom Brady because they don't like what it's going to do to his legacy. Now nobody thought about that when it comes down to Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds never got caught cheating or doing anything or convicted of it, but we'll say that because you're the greatest baseball player to ever play the game. Now you get caught doing something wrong and everybody's brushing off, oh, you know, football is not really, okay, if the PSI don't make no difference, then why is there a rule for it, you know? And the, the the thing about it is, is I believe, and this is what I believe, somebody brought up to me earlier today, I believe he's been taking the air out of them footballs ever since he lost the ball on that tuck room because he's oh, in cold man. weather and he did not hold the rock. Yeah. Ever since then, I believe he's been letting the air out of the footballs. But we can't prove it. But at the same time, if you are a cheater, which 
he is, and I think what's hurting his legacy is somebody's going to come out with proof that Tom Brady did cheat, whether it's text messages or whatever. You know he didn't pay the guys off. Yeah. But he's from Aaron Hernandez. You can't see my phone. You can't do my this and this and this. Okay, well, when they prove that he actually did it, he's going to be like Lance Armstrong. And that's going to make it worse. Then he's going to get up on TV crying and everything, saying, well, you made a mistake. You made a mistake now. If you come out and say, hey, you know, I like my footballs a certain way. I know I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. Hey, I put the air back in the football. Don't change who I am. I'm still one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it. Okay, you go out on the field, you prove it, it wouldn't be no problem. But this constant lying and lying and lying, I'm going to sue and his asshole agent saying this and saying that. Okay, you guys are lying. And when you had kids and you got kids looking up to you and you constantly doing shit like that, I'm losing respect for him. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Man is, man is great. I'm losing respect for him because you're constantly lying because you figure nobody can prove no different. Or when somebody does prove different, your whole legacy is going to be destroyed. Right now, you made a mistake. People are making jokes and having halfway deflated deflated footballs and all that, but you still got the Super Bowls. You have a few people that feel like both, like they should take the Super Bowls away, they should block for the Hall of Fame, but he's in a small minority. But if he come out and, and admit to what he did, then, you know, people will say, okay, he admit to what he did, they're going to be watching him, and he can go on and play another three or four years, and this could all be behind him. But he's still lying about it. And I I just lose respect for that. Yeah, I get that too, man. And it's just one of those deals where we'll see what it does ultimately. But um, I, I do think that he probably will come come do better if he comes out clean. And uh, you all remember when baseball had the steroid scandal, how Jason Giambi came out clean. And now that mm-hmm. when every, when everyone talks about steroids in baseball, you hear about you know, Barry Bonds, you hear about A-Rod or Andy Pettit or whoever, but you never hear Jason Giambi's name. They don't even include him anymore because it's like the media is satisfied that he came clean. You know, I, well, I guess he kind of came clean. I don't think he actually said he was on steroids, but he did apologize for doing something. Um, so we'll see how ultimately what it does to Tom's legacy, but I don't know. I don't know. This dude, he gets suspended for the four games. I'd be surprised if, it's, if they let that stand. But, all right, um, you know, Dante Fowler, Jr., one of the top picks in the NFL draft this year uh, by Jacksonville, hurt, um, I think he tore an ACL in rookie camp before he signed this contract. Now, ultimately, the Jaguars did go ahead and sign him, you know, Kind of like um, an honor system thing. But, uh, Ray, would you participate in any type of contact or physical drill before you signed your name on that contract? Uh, it all depends. I mean, if I was in Fowler's situation beforehand and, and, you know, we had it in, in good faith, I, I think I would because – if you if just say if the Jaguars were to renege on that deal, they wouldn't be trusted by no other rookie to ever come in the league again. And they yeah. know that. 
they probably want to take the deal off the table if they could and trade him and for Randy Gregory or somebody and take the chances if they could. But the thing is, is they don't want to do that because if they did, any other rookie that gets drafted says, okay, I can't even walk in the building until I get my contract signed because I trip on the sidewalk. That's it. So mm. they had to honor it, you know, but I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't feel comfortable out there playing without a contract. Yeah, I understand that too, and um, I think because um, what if he does something like severe tear his ACL, PCL, MCL? I mean, Buck, what if he just tears it all? I, I mean, do you still think they're gonna sign him to that rookie deal and charge it to the game if he's never the same? Well, you gotta look at it like this, and that can by an example. Uh, we can go with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker that played number fifty-one. God, his name's Sean Spence. Um, he had a similar injury. Um, it was after he signed his contract, though, I, I do believe. But he had an injury his rookie year that was catastrophic. I mean, they didn't think he would ever be, be able to walk again, much less play. But he played this last season. And Sean Spence is a great inside linebacker with some outside linebacker characteristics. But, I mean, when you when you go to a team, I mean, we we can look at the current rookie crop. We can look at Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree is not signed yet. He's out there practicing. So, I mean, these are, you know, when you when you get selected by a team, whether it's your hometown team, favorite team, or you just got, got picked by them, you know, in today's society, in today's game, you have to look at it like this. You know, you got to go out there and perform on the football field. Every little, you don't get to practice like, they used to practice back in the day because of the new collective bargaining agreement. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, any time on the football field, that gets you closer to being on that 53-man roster during the regular season. If you're holding out because your agent said, hey, man, you ain't signed yet and all this bullshit, then that takes time away from you on the football field. And somebody else that's waiting in the wings might get selected. So, in the grand scheme of things, you know, shouldn't you have that contract signed? Why, certainly, in the event that something like this happens. But in today's league, you got to, you got to impress early and often. The more chances or not, you're going to take that chance to be on that football field, whether you got that contract signed or not, if you're a rookie, if you plan on starting opening day. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. when you play football, you know, that's just a risk you got to take, just like you take a risk when you're racing, racing cars or whatever. you got to take that risk. That's just part of the game, getting injured. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Ray, one of your former players, quarterback Terrell Pryor, got released by the Kansas City Chiefs on Tuesday. And I believe he got picked up in his home state by the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I mean, this is the guy that, you know, played in 16 games with the Raiders. He started 10 of them between 2011-2013. Uh, do you think that Pryor has anything left in his career? He can be one of those guys that maybe can actually make it 10 years as a backup or something like that, or do you think this may be his last stop? Um, <clears throat> I think this would be 
his last stop. You know, guys like him and Vince Young, guys like that, I want to do away with that kind of football player. I would, I like guys like Winston who can stay in the pocket, throw the football. You know, I'm not against a mobile quarterback. Russell Wilson my favorite quarterback. So, But the thing is, I'm for guys, because the quarterback is supposed to be able to throw the football. If you cannot throw the football, that's a problem. Terrell Pryor is 250 pounds and runs a 4-3-8. They tried to get him to move the tight end. He won't hear of it. And you're still trying to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. And your mechanics are terrible. You're inaccurate. And you can't beat out a third-street quarterback on a, on a bad team. So why do you want to keep being a quarterback? And, you know, nobody wants to, to continue to pay quarterbacks to throw for 75 yards and run for 120. You, <laughs> nobody's ever won like that. Nobody's ever won like that. And, you know, Kaepernick is finding that out. RG3 is finding that out. And you have to throw that ball from the pocket. And Terrell Pryor, honestly, what his problem is, is he came out of high school, six foot six, two forty, best player in the country or in the state or whatever. Yeah, but you, if you play high school football before, if you play a quarterback with six six and two forty, he hard as hell to bring down. So you gonna shine on these kids that are undersized. A lot of them in high school they can't play and stuff like that. When you get up into the league and D1 colleges and stuff like that, things look different and feel different. And that's what he's going through. Oh, he's figuring, oh, I was the best when I came out, such and such was a quarterback too, but I was better than him. But okay, the guy's a first-round pick now. His game transition to the NFL, you know, you have to be able to transition your game. He has been able to do that. And, you know, if he doesn't learn to throw the football, I don't know where is this place going to be because they had uh, Andy Dalton and they got the boy from Alabama too, right? Um, I'm not even sure, to be honest with you. McKay? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think they may have one other quarterback. So, you know, I don't know what he can bring. You know, besides, oh, you're going to put a package in for this and package in for that. And, mm-hmm. You know, hey, that, that that stuff don't work. I mean, it ain't just pros neither. Mariota, so I see different. I don't believe you can run a pro offense, but we won't see. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as confident as everyone else in the league appears to be. So, all hey, right. They don't like Winston, so we gonna overtalk Mariota. But we gonna see when we get to the league what it's gonna be. Yeah, I think Winston has a lot more upside. Yeah, he does. A lot more I, chance I of does. being successful in the NFL offense. Mariota ain't used to being in the home. Now, as far as Terrell Pryor goes, so what about in order? As far as Terrell Pryor goes, though, in order for him to be a quarterback in this league, you got to study your craft. I mean, we got to look. You got to look at. I mean, look at the quarterbacks in the league that we thought were great. I mean, you we uh, mentioned RG three. 
Um, Cam Newton fits in this category. Um, Colin Kaepernick. Their, their first years they were stellar, and then after that they fell off. And it's simply because they don't utilize the off-season off program where they study their craft or get a past quarterback that's in, in this league that's been somewhat successful to teach the mechanics of football. In order for Terrell Pryor to play football at 6'6 and 250 pounds, I mean, he's big Ben size, just a, just an inch taller. And in order for him to be successful, he's got to study his craft. Everybody, I mean, there's two quarterbacks in this league that like to play sandlot football. Aaron Rodgers is one, Ben Roethlisberger is the other. These two guys can throw in the pocket. They can throw outside the pocket. I mean, they, they play street football. There's no, it's no other way around it. But in order for you to play that style of football, you got to study your craft. you got to mix and match things up to play to your strengths. Terrell Pryor could play like Randall Cunningham or Warren Moon if he had actually studied his craft. If he, and, and to me, in order for him to be – he needs to go to a team that he could possibly start and then, you know, have a nice quarterback coach that can train him and, you know, teach him his mechanics in order for him to be successful. If I was Terrell Pryor, I would get my agent to put me on somewhere like Chicago, Buffalo, Miami, you know, one of those teams, um, maybe St. Louis, you know, not St. Louis, but uh, Arizona Cardinals, somewhere where you at least can, you know, at least be second string and get you a nice quarterback during the offseason and, you know, improve your mechanics. And you, you might just be able to start in a couple of years. And until he gets – if he wants to be a quarterback in this league, then you got to stay your path. You can't just be picked up by a team and then just jump on the, jump on the squad and you don't show nothing. So he's got to change his mentality. RG3 needs to do that. And Kaepernick, he's actually doing it. You know, he's got a quarterback coach. I can't remember who it is. That, uh, I think he actually got uh, the one that used to play for the Rams and uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, oh, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is helping out uh, Colin Kaepernick oh, during the off season. He sought him out. So Colin Kaepernick's trying to, you know, he's trying to be successful. In order for you be successful, you got to, you got somebody like that that's helping you. Then you got a chance in this league. And and that's what you know these quarterbacks that are on the fence that's had a little bit of success, and then these last couple of years hadn't done too much. You need to seek out another quarterback, another pro. You know, somebody like Steve the Bird. You know, you know, um, you know, Steve Young. Those type of players seek those types of quarterbacks out to study your mechanics and your footwork, so you can make the changes. So when camp comes around, you can shine. He might be a starter in this league, and that's what those guys gonna have to do. Okay, good stuff, Buck. Um, I mean, ultimately. I think that um, a lot of these guys, you know, they're, they're so used to getting by on their athleticism that they just always think, well, even on the next level, I'm going to be all right. And they don't realize, man, these guys in the pros do not play. And, you know, sometimes, it, it, you know, we it's, you can't tell anybody something. You know, you try to tell people, look, it's a different game in the pros than it is in college. You can't outrun these defensive alignment like you think you can and all this other stuff, but people try to rely on their athleticism. And every now and then you'll come across a guy like Michael Vick who can throw the ball just well enough to to be effective as well as 
have that super speed. But for the most part, man, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. You just have too much speed in the NFL. And at some point, you're going to have to come with some skill. At some point, you're going to have to be able to show something on the field that, um, hey, okay, I can actually throw the ball. I actually have some talent. And that requires a lot of a lot of work, a lot of film study, and uh, not everyone's willing to do it. So, um, I mean, hopefully, you know, Terrell Pryor can hang in there and end up having a halfway decent career. But if you ask the average person, you know, like, yeah, the odds are probably stacked against them because a lot of people. Well, you got to look at it like you got to look at it right. like this too. It ain't just the quarterback. It's not just the quarterback position. It's any position on the league. When you come into the league, you don't know what you're up against. You've got to kind of rely on these veterans that have been there, that's been there, done that, especially if they won the Super Bowl. Take Troy Palomalo, for example. Last year, when it, it, uh, we didn't know that was going to be his last season, but we kind of all kind of figured it would be. Um, Tremarco Thomas actually went out to California and Arizona and trained with Troy. Now, Troy's, you know, practice is a little bit unorthodox. Because you know he's a you know he's you know he prays a lot and things of that nature, but Troy works hard on his fundamentals in footwork and things of that nature. Doesn't matter whether it's just quarterback. I think Shamarco Thomas can step in there and do some things and do some great things. He can't be Troy. The Troy is one of those players, those once in a lifetime players that you just get once in a generation or once in a lifetime. But if you study your craft and you pick the arguably one of the best at the position to learn from. That makes you great in your own right. Same, you know, take going back to what we were saying about Terrell Pryor. This is what he's going to have to do in order for him to be a quarterback in this league. You know, we can look at uh, we can look at Tim Tebow for that matter. Tim Tebow's fundamentals. You know, he's kind of like a white guy trapped in a black man's body. You know, he likes to do that damn. You know, he likes to run like Michael Vick, and you know, he can't get, but he just doesn't throw that well. But he can run the ball well, you know, like a fullback or a tight end. That's why they were trying to change him. But in order for you to be a quarterback in this league and utilize those talents, then you need to get your mechanics and footwork down. So you need to study with one of the best to become better. And it doesn't matter what position. It could be offensive lineman, defensive lineman, quarterback, tight end, wide receiver. These guys got to come in the league with the mentality that you ain't the best. Now you playing in an elite group, and if you plan on being a starter, then you need to lean on the starters that are there and the veterans, so you can become great once they leave. All right, I agree. I agree. You got to show you're hungry too. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, like hey, you know, we made it, but I man, still a lot of work that has to be done, and more, you know, more guys than not get it done. You know. It's just that, and just some guys just aren't aren't capable because they just weren't taught. You have some guys who don't know how to practice. You know, they 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 don't they really don't know how to practice, and because they never really had to. I mean, when you've always been good, when you've always been the best on the field through high school and college, and all that stuff, and then when you get to the pros and realize you're not the the best, you don't know what to do. I mean, and that's why coaching is so important. And a lot of people want to discredit coaching saying, well, you know, it's the players that really get it done. And, yeah, ultimately it is the players that win or lose football games for the most part. But 
in order for those players to be in a position to win, the coaches need to do what they have to do to make sure that these guys get it, to make sure that they are professionals. And when I mean by professionals, I don't necessarily mean like off the court, I mean off the field type stuff. I mean knowing the fundamentals of what needs to be done. And that's something that, you know, we have to find out from Mariota. Does he know exactly what it takes to be an NFL quarterback when he wasn't even your average college quarterback as far as the type of um, style that he has, I mean, as far as the translation to the NFL? So uh, a lot remains to be seen. But when it's all said and done, I'm I'm glad because I'm counting down towards preseason. And, uh, well, I guess I'm kind of counting down towards training camp. But the main thing is for people to stay injury-free. And that that's the big thing with me. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what Dallas is going to do at, at running back, if they have a plan um, up their sleeve. Um, I think, Ray, you had mentioned Ray Rice being a possibility. Um, I don't know if that's something they want to try to do on the cheap. The longer they do nothing, the more it makes me think that they are trying to work out something for Adrian Peterson. But the thing about it is what do you send for him, and does he renegotiate his contract? I saw all that remaining. Well, yeah. Dallas yeah. is already taking that thing out the hat. He's already taking Dallas is taking that the hat, which far as Adrian Peterson go. So if anybody go down there, it'd be Ray Rice. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the only thing with Ray Rice is even though the Cowboys have not really cared or anything about character issues with some of the signings they've been ma- they've been making, Ray Rice would be the ultimate character issue because, I mean, people have made him, he, he's the new Chris Brown, you know, so I mean, it would really be a blow to the Cowboys PR to sign him, but it would, I, it would I, really be. I, I would disagree really, with that, though, because. I disagree with it, too. He, because the Cowboys are America's team, like the Patriots. Everybody sees how Brady cheated, but they want to turn their head on it. And like Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones got this mindset, man, we were at our best. We had all these guys out here, you know, uh, Williams and Mike Irvin, and you can go on and on with the guys that had these character issues, but they were outstanding on the football field on Sundays. And, you know, he said, I'm not turning none of these guys away because the risk is low. The contract is structured, and it's a huge upside. You know, it, it, it's just like it's all about moves you make, just like on uh, Collins' side. Now, to give Collins a three-year, $1.7 million contract, damn, if the guy was first round, why if you one of these teams on the bottom, or we struggling at the right tackle and all this and that, why can't we get a guy like that? He could have got one more than $1.5 million. Hell, if he'd have got picked where he's supposed to, you sign the guy up and give him three years, $5 million. That's still very low risk. If he ain't worth the money, cut him. You know, but Jerry Jones has got sense enough to see that. Now, Randy Gregory, the same thing. I wouldn't have wanted to touch him, but they desperate for defensive help. And between him and Greg Hardy, man, they might be on to something. So we'll see what it looks like. But he's not afraid to take them chances. And I, nobody, you you don't hear nobody talking about 
Randy Gregory or Greg Hardy. Now, he got his 10 games, so he come back, that's all going to be forgotten. Watch what I tell you. That's all about the first week when he come back, but that's it. I think, though, the difference, though, I think, is that, and it's the difference between Ray Rice and everybody else that got caught with um, domestic violence is he was, he's yeah. actually on tape. And yeah, even though but, the Cowboys had some had some unsavory characters back in the nineties, I mean, there weren't any 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 woman beaters that came to the forefront. I mean, it was just drug well, use and well, stuff like that. Cow Cowboys fans are some of the worst fans in the country, and we gonna tell the truth about it. They could care less about domestic violence. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about cowboy fans. I'm talking about non cowboy fans. Oh man, they, they don't care about that. Half of America, Cowboys fans, they don't care about that. I don't and, give a shit about. I don't give a shit that Ray Rice beat the shit out of his damn girlfriend. I don't give a shit. I yeah, mean, the bottom line, I don't care about I don't that. Care. I don't care. He just want to get some women off his back. He don't care. That's what I'm you saying. Know. We're talking. I mean, sales and jerseys. No. And, no. You can't bring the Cowboys down. They got too many fans. They just like trying to take guns away in the South. You ain't going to do it. You'll be <laughs> somebody try to do it. She's going to be out yep. before she even gets started. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we can talk more about how many people got killed last year and all that. Them country boys is not hearing that. You, you got to look at it like guns, Ray Rice has already paid his debts to society. All right, he in the girl, the same girl he punched out in the elevator is the one he married to. All right, America needs to get over that. So all he I needs mean, to do is go out there. But you're talking logical, though. You're talking, you're talking logic in a world without logic, in a world with with social media and all the other stuff. Look at how they vilified the man as long as they did, and the only reason he hasn't been talked about since then is because he's been suspended and ain't been, you know, in the forefront. I really think in the grand scheme of things, regardless to whether you're a Cowboy fan or not, it's not going to make a difference. I mean, if he goes down there to Dallas and resurrects his career and help y'all get to the Super Bowl, are they going to talk about Ray Rice beating his, beating his girlfriend? No. They're going to be talking about y'all making it to the Super Bowl. And I'm just I'm just being honest. I think it, I mean, it'll be a story. It'll be more of a redemption story than anything. No. But see, these chicks don't care nothing about that one got, got hit. The whole thing is, is we're using that as a stage to get our point across. Right. They don't care nothing about Jimmy right? So, so now, the thing is, is, all right, when Ray writes, we, we bring him in. Okay, people are going to say what they want to say. First thing Jerry Jones is going to say, have you ever done anything wrong? Have you ever needed a second chance, or did you ever want to ask for forgiveness for anything? This and that. And right. it's going to all go over. See, he's not trying to sell tickets. Their stadium is sold out right for the next five years. He got some of the biggest events in the country already come to the stadium. So he's too big to shut down. Trust me, you watch what I tell you. What you tell me, what's the difference between him and Greg Hardy? He was on film and Greg wasn't he? That is the, the really that's the only difference between Ray Rice and anybody that's been in trouble in the NFL or any other sport. I think that's the, I honestly think that's the only difference. The fact that he that people saw it 
is the reason. That's the reason why they went back and changed the suspension. You remember Goodell didn't think it was that big of a deal either. No, but 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 see, this this is the problem. And what I spoke on a little bit earlier, a lot of guys they blow it off. Well, we supposed to be men. We ain't gonna complain about stuff like this. But it's your livelihood and things is gonna happen in the future. You have to stand up and say, well, listen. Ray Rice hit the girl one time. That does not make you an abuser. It's just like if you smoke weed tonight, you ain't never smoked none in your life. You're not a drug abuser. You tried drugs. You understand what I'm talking about? It's a difference. And a lot of people using that that to, to further their uh, goals or whatever and say, oh, he's an abuser. He's not an abuser. A man swung one punch. And the girl said it never happened before. Whether she lied or not, that's what she said. We got to believe the victim, or we gonna believe the victim when she say something wrong, but we ain't gonna believe it when she say something right. That's bullshit. Okay, she said it never happened. Now if I come home and say, "Oh, what you doing with with, with, with chicken on the stove?" I told you I want a steak and slap her upside the head. That makes me abuse her. But if we get drunk and get in the altercation, and she did some things, I did some things, she hit me and I hit her. How the hell am I an abuser? You understand? Uh, that's what people are not looking at. I I agree with you, but again, you're 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 talking logic, and I just don't think the people who are going against this are logical. And if Jerry Jones signs him, I mean, yeah, Jerry. I mean, if he fits the team, I'm all for Jerry Jones signing him because I do believe people deserve second opportunities regardless of what they did. And if you give a man an opportunity after he drove drunk and killed his best friend. If you give him a chance to play, and I definitely say give a man who, you know, got into mutual combat with his wife, and it was mutual combat or whatever, um, and got in trouble for it. But there's going to be, a, you know, a lot that comes with it if he does that, especially being the Cowboys because they're so polarizing. So, I mean, again, I mean, if he wants to do it, that's fine if he helps the team. But I don't think people are going to be coming with that logic, though, right? Folks, like you said, they got an agenda. They got an agenda, and they're going to use the Cowboys as their platform. Yeah, but but the, but the thing about it, you hear what they say when they talk about Adrian Peterson coming, everybody got excited in Texas. You from yep. Texas? Who cares about beating no boys' ass? Shit, half the folks in Texas beat the kids. They don't right. give a shit about them. Yeah. Right. Just, you know, these California, New York, New Jersey, and all these folks on that bullshit. Minnesota. But, <laughs> Yeah, Minnesota, you know, folks on that bullshit. But these other states, they don't give a damn about that. They'll tell you they don't give a damn. You know, but, you know, we, we, we'll see what happens. But Ray Rice is going to be the affordable option. And I think when a guy comes back hungry and he has a good line to run behind, man, it's like taking candy from a baby. And I, I was like, man, you're a little I never, I never well, pulled for the Cowboys. You're going to have two running backs that can average 100 yards a game. Because you know Ray Rice going to get back out there and try to act a fool. He got something to prove. He don't have a chip on the show. He has so, I would love for him to get in there because he'd be behind a great line. he got a lot to prove. And if he come back up, out and shut everybody's mouth and it's all about football, that would just be great. Because you got commentators and everything. they talking about, you know, the Ray Rice situation, the situation, the situation. Okay, well, if a woman get beat there in 15 seconds, somebody beat these women beside Ray Rice. 
<laughs> he's a busy man if he is. But I, I think um, he does have something to prove because he didn't have. He averaged like what, two point nine yards a carry or something before he got in trouble. Um, he wasn't doing very well the season before and then this season. So I, I think he three point three or something like that. It wasn't that. Yeah, it wasn't that okay. Yeah, yeah, but I think I know he does want to redeem himself, and I think it's the perfect opportunity for him. I think it's a perfect opportunity for Darren McFadden who's looking to get back in the form of, because, you know, I've seen some highlights of Darren McFadden when he was with the Raiders, man. He made some nice little, um, yeah. some nice highlights, you know, man, in his yeah. early, he, his he early part like with Michelle the Raiders. McCoy. He'll run if he got some room, but that's it. I mean, with that all line you guys got in the I back, gonna say, he you guys have some got, yeah. Because you guys wouldn't draft the two linemen. Well, draft the one, and, you know, Collins came in later. But I, I hear him and Smith getting ready to suit up. He said, this is my kind of football team. <laughs> I can run through the line of scrimmage and not get hit like I did when I was in my prime. Shit, he got to Arizona. Yep. They cracked his ass. He separated his shoes or something. He said, man, well, I ain't used to this. Let me get out of uniform. I'm yeah, ironically, it was yep. Earl Williams that did it, too. I wonder what Ray yeah. Williams is doing now. Yeah. His old overrated I don't know. stuff. He was, yeah, he he had a few good years, but he was just dumb. So he, he could like hit. Anthony Doyle said he was dumb. He was a hell of an athlete, but he was dumb. Yeah. You I know, used to get so mad at him, up. man, because he would lower his head looking to hit people, and he missed out on so many interceptions. And then he wouldn't wrap up on his tackles. He missed a lot of tackles, too. Mm-hmm. That's why I say one of the realest things ever been said. If we can take, we they wouldn't be playing. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, what do you mean? Just look at it, basketball and everything. <laughs> look at the look at the mistake you made. All you need is some brains to go along with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you take Kaepernick right now, and you line him up beside Peyton Manning. He could do everything better than Peyton Manning except think. Everything. He probably mm-hmm. got a stronger arm. Well, you know he got a stronger arm. He can run faster. He more, uh, 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 he got better lateral movement or whatever you want to call it. More elusive. Everything you can name, he can jump higher. But what's missing? Shoot, man. You put Peyton Manning's brain inside his head. Oh, man, what you got? <laughs> all right, well, real quick, I want to jump to the NBA for a second. Uh, first of all, anybody recording anything? I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, no, I'm no. watching it. Okay. Well, uh, John Wall returned from his wrist injury and played fairly well, 15 points and um, seven assists, but he did have six turnovers. But uh, Atlanta – Squeak, squeak by the uh, Bullets, eighty-two to eighty-one, and now take a three-to-two game lead in the series. And Ray, is is, is Washington done, or do you think they can um, go back to Washington and get that W and force a game seven and, and beat them in Atlanta? Well, these last three games have been extremely tough. We've been back and forth. Oh man, they almost blew it tonight. You know, it was a back and forth game, but. You know, Washington kept battling back, and, you know, they uh, Paul Pierce hit that three-pointer. He thought he had sent him home. He was yeah. talking to the crowd. He was talking to everybody. 
But the thing was, uh, Atlanta got the ball back, and Al Horford made a heck of a play underneath the basket and scored. And, you know, they, they were able to take the game. I mean, all these people talk about the Western Conference, but all these Eastern Conference games have been pretty close so far. You know, the, yeah. the Bulls and the Cavs have been like that as well. So, I mean, we see the lines of basketball, but ultimately I want Atlanta to win because Atlanta has a lot of good ball players on the team that didn't have a silver spoon in their mouth. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about they didn't have a lot of fans there when they came to the league. Yeah, some hard Uh, workers. Jeff Jeff T, you know, Cal Corver, all these guys. uh, The other boy, I can't think of his name now. Horford. No, nah, uh, nah, not Horford. Horford was a lottery pick, but uh, the guy with the braids on his head, they keep pulling his dick right now. I forget what his name is. Uh, dark-skinned guy. Um, what, what position is he playing? He's playing small forward, I think. They're talking about the Knicks may want him and a couple other teams out oh, there. Oh, uh, uh, Carroll. Carol. Yeah, 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 Carol. Damari Carol, whatever his name is. Yeah. So yeah. I want to see them guys do well. You know, I like John Wall, of course. Bradley Bill is playing incredible right now. Yeah. And, uh, but I think them guys are too too young. And I want to see somebody stop LeBron James now. You oh. know, and I, you got to keep some strong teams in there. Because, see, Washington play well now, and they'll lay down in the next series. I want a team that's going to play. Atlanta been the best all year out east. So I want to see Atlanta get there. Chicago is my basketball team. But we, you know, every time we get to playing well, everybody not on the same page. So yeah. it's so difficult. You know, we can lose the one and two-point games and Casol sitting on his ass. He, to me, that's one thing I give Kobe Bryant credit for. If he ain't got a broke bone or a broken fibula or something like that, he on the field playing. It ain't none of that shit where he got an upset stomach and this, that, and then one day in the suit, next day you run like a deer. Okay, you run like a deer. <laughs> Two days later, you could have came and played or gave us something in the in the other game, you know. At, at least got some minutes. And then you still want the man to pay you. That's what I don't like. You see, yeah. you still want the man to pay you. I mean, so... Um... Let's see. Right now, I see the uh, Golden State's up ten on the Grizzlies. The series is tied at two. Golden State desperately needs to win this game at home because uh, they don't want to go back to Memphis down three two. Because Memphis, they they have some ball players too. Those guys just get yeah. after it, you know. And uh, I mean, well, Buck, the Clippers uh, lead Houston right now, three games to two, and they're going back to the, to L.A. Um, tomorrow night. Do the Clippers win tomorrow night and go to their first conference final? I think it's their first conference final on their franchise. Yeah, I think they. I go ahead. I think they'll go ahead and take it tomorrow night and get it done. Uh, I think they. I think now that these guys know how to play as a group, uh, we don't have. You know, you don't have Blake Griffin. You know, dunking every. You know, it's not the Blake show. It's a, it's them as a team now, and I think you know they learn how to play as a, a group together. And um, as a as a result of that, they're going further. 
Um, so I, I just think that, you know, I think they'll take it tomorrow night and, you know, go ahead and go to that first conference championship. So I think it'll happen. Okay. Ray, do you think the, um, the Bulls are ready to go home and they got some fight left in them? Uh, I hope we have some fight left, man. I mean, we are our better foot basketball team, in, in my opinion, because we load it from front to back. But the problem is, is we don't put it together all on the same day. Derrick Rose is playing MVP basketball, but then you get the other guys, you know, not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Or, you know, if Tosh Gibson and Powell Gasol and Meritich and, you know, Jimmy Butler and all these guys come to play all on the same day, I don't think nobody in the league can beat us. But the thing about it is, is it's in spurts. Joe King, Noah, you can go on and on. Aaron Brooks, all along has to play. But we got to put it together. And by us blowing that game to uh to to the Cavs, you know, these two one-point and two-point games or whatever they were, you know, we, we had to have those. Now, can we win at our home stadium and force a game seven? I don't think there's no way we can go to Cleveland and beat them in their stadium because LeBron, they going to give it to him regardless because yeah. they want LeBron in it. You know, just like we got screwed on the technical foul yesterday. Now you come talking about, oh, they're going to get a guy a flavored foul. Shit, the game over now, and they won by, what, two points? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right after the – Tyus uh, Gibson got threw out of the game. They went up by 17 points. We come all the way back and and made the game a two point game. But you know, so so it, it's it's gonna be hard. You know, I wanted us to win a series. I felt like we could have won it. We got the better team, but they made the plays when they needed to make them, and we could have took advantage of them not having Kevin Love there at all. But Pal Gasol sat out for two games. Why are you sitting out? You know, and hopefully we can force a game seven. But I think that Cleveland is, is, is going to pull it out. Okay. I mean, um, I don't know, man. I, I've been, I think the series, has, all the series except for Houston and L.A. have been pretty good. Houston and L.A. has been Boring. I mean, each game is like it's a blowout. Um, but, you know, all the series are pretty tight right now. So uh, I do want to see someone who can compete with Cleveland. Uh, I think if Chicago – I think if Chicago could have pulled off that last game, I definitely would have looked for them to close things out. But uh, Cleveland without Kevin Love, they're, they're, they're vulnerable. Because if they had Kevin Love, I, I think the Chicago series would probably be over. Um just based on the way the games have been going. But I don't know. The NBA has been looking pretty good. So I'm still going to keep my eye on it and try to catch games whenever I can. And ultimately, I was hoping to see um, Seth Curry and James Harden go at it in the finals. But, I mean, get Chris Paul there, I, I, I can't be mad at that either. But Seth Curry got, I mean, Steph Curry got to get past the Grizzlies, and they really got to pull this game off tonight. All right. Anybody have anything else before we shut this down? Oh, we got – I'm going to throw a little NASCAR off in this. Kyle Busch got um, got injured in the Daytona 500. Well, actually, before the Daytona 500 and couldn't race in it. Um, he's coming back, and NASCAR is allowing him 
um, to be able to get in the chase as long as he wins the race and finishing the top 30 in points. A lot of people are really getting pissed off Kyle Petty being one of them because, you know, um, his brother, Kurt Busch, also got a pass, you know, as long as he wins the race and finishes in the top 30 in points to get back, you know, to be able to get in the chase. So are you going to raise the number of chase drivers from 16 to 18? I guess so. I mean, NASCAR, make, you know, they, they change the rules throughout the season. So if they allow, you know, allow these two guys to get in, then so be it. But uh, if there is a little bit of controversy about that, you know, without him being able, you know, being able to race because of the injury that he uh, received in the uh, Xfinity Series race the day before the Daytona 500. So um, just a little bit of controversy as far as that goes. But other than that, you know, football's wrapping up. You know, football and pass is getting ready to be in full swing, you know, in a matter of weeks. And uh, they're still, you know, June 1st is coming up pretty quickly. And, you know, major cuts will be done at that point, you know, as far from a veteran standpoint. So there's still and there's still some pretty decent veterans are sitting out there without any work. So it'd be interesting to see what the teams do as far as, you know, who who picks up who. And and uh that's gonna be interesting to see. But that'll be before training camp, so see what happens. But great show as always, especially when they're talking sports. All right. Thank you, sir. And Ray, you got anything to add to the mix? Oh uh, yeah, you know I was just wondering if you guys see uh, Canaldo knock the spit out of uh, James Kirkland over the weekend. <laughs> I mean, it was three rounds, but it was it was a lot of action in those three rounds, and you know he got yeah, he knocked, knocked out. Yeah, knocked out. I'm old. old. That 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 Triple G and Canaldo fight is gonna be real interesting. I mean, but you know, some guys don't stand in front of each other. I um, I, I enjoyed the fight. It had plenty of action. I give Kirkland credit first of all for surviving the first round, and I give him credit for pressing the fight. But if that dude don't learn some def- defense, he's gonna be talking like Ali in fifteen years because he can't he can't take a beating like that, man. That dude's gonna have to learn how to. Defend himself, and I don't know if he needs to give Ann Wolf a call or not because he's been knocked out twice without her. But that punch that Canelo set him up with when he was going low and brought that right hand up high, and then on top of that, ducked the punch that James Kirkland threw. Man, that was just a highlight knockout. But um, oh, yeah, yeah, Triple G, uh, man, because he he's fighting this weekend, isn't he? Or is it next weekend? Yeah, something? he's fighting this weekend. He's fighting Willie uh, Monroe Jr. Yeah, so and, uh, um, I, I look forward to seeing him fight, but I would love to see him match up um, with Canelo. Canelo looked like he looked like he could look like he could win that one. He looks a he lot better than I, when I he fought Mayweather. Fight, a lot better, but the competition. Doesn't look all that great, but he's staying sharp because he's fighting so often. Yeah, but it's gonna be interesting to see when some of these guys have a gut to step in there, like Cotto and some of these other guys. You like to see go to battle with them, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a mega fight, a real big one, you know. So 
So boxing is getting back on track. It's how about, gotta, um, how huh? about this, though? This is a fight I'm interested in. Adrian Browner and Sean Porter on June 30th, June 20th. June 20th. Yeah, that's a yeah. dope there. I've never seen Sean Porter fight, but uh, Adrian Broner, he can fight, but the thing is, it's just, he's just too over the top with it. He's going to have to get me. serious with, for Sean Porter. Yeah. Now, I saw I, mean, I saw Sean Porter beat Devin Alexander. I saw him beat Pauly Mal- Mal- uh, Malinaji. I didn't see him lose to Kel Brook. I got that recorded. I just ain't watched it yet. And that's been almost oh, okay. a year. Um, but, I mean, losing to Kel Brooks in a majority decision is nothing to sneeze at because, you know, Kel Brook ain't no joke. But yeah. um, um, Adrian Broner, if he's going to have to get serious for this fight or Sean Porter, I, I think, is, you know, Sean Porter's a pretty good fighter. No, he's good. But, you know, Adrian Broner is good as advertised. But the thing is, is you know, when you think you can say anything you want, do anything you want, just try to irritate people, okay, that's Mayweather's thing. For you to try to come in and do the same thing or be even more irritating to a certain extent, yeah, you know, that turns a lot, a lot of people off. You're going to have to fight. Because one thing, it's 10, it's 10 good fighters out there now. Between 154 and 147, yeah, 10 good fighters out there right now. And we're going to find out where the rubber meets the road at. Amir Khan and all them y'all want to fight. Kale Brook, Triple G, uh, Canaldo, Canaldo, and, uh, you know, Cotto and all these guys. Oh, yeah, it's going to be some fights to be made. And it's not going to be a lot of power ticking where, you know, when the time is right and all that, these guys going to let the promoters do what they do. And yeah. that set the fight up. And, you know. Is it, they're trying to get together or are they planning for since the Pacquiao and them fight was so large, they're going to try to get a rematch together. But I'll tell you quite simply what happened with that. Pacquiao got injured. Then for him to postpone the fight, which we all probably would have done the same thing, he fought anyway because if he'd have postponed the fight, Mayday is 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 Mayweather's month anyway. He would have fought somebody else, and maybe yeah. somebody else in September, and he would have lost one hundred and fifty million dollars. But by the time everything comes back, Pacquiao probably gonna get one hundred and fifty million or better because it performed better than everybody thought it would. Yeah, you know, two and a half million was the record. They had four point four million. So I wouldn't have forfeited one hundred and fifty million dollars either. No, nah, I would have gone there with my arm in a sling. So you can't yeah. fault the man for taking the money. He took the money. That's simply what he did. He took the money, you know, and probably some big shots in Vegas probably told him, you keep the injury quiet because we're going to put all our money on the other side and we're going to need you back <laughs> my money. Yes, straight up. I know. I know. That's how it is. You're right. Mm-hmm. So well, I think um, that, that is probably how it went down. But I mean, boxing, man, uh, it has it's, it's really picking up some momentum, and some good fights on TV were really helping. But look, over the next six weeks, you have Kell Brook, Miguel Cotto, Adrian Broner, you know, Sean Porter, Timothy Bradley, uh, 
fighting over the next six weeks. So, I mean, it's something pretty much almost like every weekend, it seemed like it's some good mm-hmm. boxing, uh, quality fighter, you know. And um, mm-hmm. yeah. some of these going to be on well, I was going to say, some of these would be on, you know, NBC, like Adrian Brown and Sean Porter, I think, is on um, NBC or CBS, I think. I can't remember which one. And um, yeah. a couple of these are going to be on True TV. I think something's going to be on, um, might even be Spike TV getting in the mix. And, you know, BET and and starts his boxing um, schedule sometime in July, I think. Uh BET? Yeah, BET has... Mm-hmm. Has started got got a boxing contract. Oh man, you know they ain't gonna pay nobody. <laughs> I'm trying to find out. Um, they had someone that was actually. I think their opening fight is actually gonna be pretty good. Who's that that signed with um Jay Z? Um, the boxer that signed uh, with Jay Z. I forget who it was. I know they offered Broner a contract, and Broner just got all derogatory on this whole Southern D and everything. You know, because we offered him five years, $40 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, Let he me later apologized for it, but, you know. Andre Ward. Okay, yeah, that's who that's had a lot in their first fight. I'm on BET. man, if Andre Ward comes down to 154, he going to beat the shit out of whoever. Triple G, Tamago, any of them. I'm telling you, he's the best fighter in the fight right now. If you think Mayweather got some good defense, y'all just watch Andre Ward. Yeah, that's going to be on. Fought him almost two years because he was in a dispute with his promoter. Yeah. But, uh, now that's going to be on yeah. June 20th. Now that's the same day as Adrian Broner and Sean Porter, but I believe they may be at different times. Um. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I I can't find a time on it, but uh, yeah, that's that's what's going down with BT's first fight. It might be the only good fight they have, but uh, well, good fighter yeah. they have. But they have him and face, facing somebody named Paul Smith, uh, who's thirty five and five. Yeah. So they're gonna have uh, they're gonna have nine live two hour telecasts over the next couple of years on HB on BET. Okay. All right. Need to do something anyway, though. I wonder yeah. who's going to be the uh the, the commentators. That's a good question. They don't they don't want to let nobody else in there. Right. They put anybody up there as long as they keep black. Right. And that but, uh, now they did say that Andre Ward, you know, this is like a warm up fight for him, so he'll be back on HBO in the fall or maybe next year. But uh yeah. this is just, you know, a little warm up and everything. So. To see what he's gonna look like after the big layoff, whether it's gonna be some rust or what. Yeah. I know at yeah. one point he was beating everybody like I mean, just making them look like they was nothing. It's been a year and, and a half. Yeah. So but hopefully it's at this fight's at a different time than Adrian Broner and Porter, but but all right fellas, so it's nice to be able to talk boxing almost every week, man. That's what I'm liking. Let me get ready to shut this thing down. And uh, I appreciate you you all hanging out with me. And remember, the show is going to be on Monday and Tuesday of uh, next week. So, you know, if anything happens with uh, 
you know, something sports or whatever. We'll get into some zone coverage after the show. Um, I'm pretty sure there'll be some other things that I can talk about if I just sit here and thought about it. Um, shoot, I'd talk about the Preakness if I really knew more more about the other horses that are in it. But um, I'm interested mm. to see if American Pharaoh is going to make a run at this Triple Crown, though. So, But all right, fellas, y'all have a good one. And um, you've been listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Go to TalkToQ.com. For more information, everyone have a great night. Thanks to Truth Devour, liquidlifedrops.us, searchforyouhere.com. Have a good night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?